Welcome to the Together for Good podcast, a podcast specifically designed to inspire, challenge, and uplift you during your daily walk of faith. Today's episode, I am turning the reins over to Brian Jaster. Brian uh, sat down for an interview with Andy Young. Andy is the Director of Church Engagement at the Fuller Youth Institute. And Andy will be our guest here at Bethany Lutheran Church for a really special weekend in October. October 1st and 2nd is going to be this big Growing Young Summit. Um, Growing Young is this huge initiative uh, that the Fuller Institute put together that Andy worked on. And so we want to tell you a little bit about it. We're so excited to play host to this great event uh, in the beginning of October, but wanted people to get to know a little bit more about it. Uh, So Brian and Andy kind of have a discussion about some of the key tenets of this growing young initiative that research bears out for ways that congregations can really create a Jesus-centered community. So I'm not going to say much more about that. I'm going to turn it over now to this conversation between Andy Young and Brian Jaster. Hope you enjoy it. Greetings, friends from Bethlehem Church in Denver, Colorado. This is Brian Jaster. So glad you're here with us. Uh, I got my friend Andy on here. Andy, who are you? Hey, I'm Andy Jung. I'm the Director of Church Engagement at Fuller Youth Institute. Uh, And I'm excited to be here with you. That's fabulous. That's right. You're coming to town pretty soon, huh? So October 1st and 2nd, we are hosting an event that we're calling the Growing Young Summit here at Bethany. And we want to invite you to it. Anybody that's listening, watching? Join us. Um, years ago, a couple years ago, there's a book, uh, lots of research done, called Growing Young, that was developed, and it has six essential, six essential strategies for increasing the vitality of your young people in the life of the church, which I love this book. I love the research. I love how easy it is to put it into action, um, and I love reading it, and we use it all the time here. So we want to invite you to come and experience all that it is. Um, so Andy, as you um, you know learned about the research and did it and everything, like what surprised you the most about it? You know, the, the way that we went about the research was that we really looked for exemplar um, churches. So churches that were already uh, reaching and engaging and retaining young people well. Uh, and um, it wasn't hard to find. Uh, I think that was the uh, unsurprising and surprising thing that we uh, experienced was that, yeah, I mean, many churches of all sizes, uh, of all denominations in all regions across the country, uh, we're reaching and engaging young people well. It just may not have looked like um, what we consider a successful youth ministry uh, and what we would typically measure as a measurement of success, right? It's, it's, it's more than just, hey, how many young people are coming to church? How many did you take on a retreat? Or how many did you go, did you go with uh, on a mission trip? But it really is about um, how young people are engaging their faith uh, and being involved in the life of the church. And I think that's the other thing that we really found um, not surprising, but uh, as as one of the important takeaways is how important uh, intergenerational relationships really are. I always say that that it's really easy to have a multi-generational church. Uh, You have different generations in the same room. But that doesn't necessarily mean that you have an intergenerational church, right? Because it really is about relationships. Do older members in the congregation have empathy for young people? Do young people have empathy for the adults 
in the church? And do they understand each other? Do they know something about one another? Do they spend time with each other? I mean, those are all important things that we found that really was a through line for all of the six core commitments and how it really plays out in the life of a church. Wow, that's powerful stuff. I think I've got a bit to learn too <laughs> when it comes to um, both the research and how to put it into action, as well as to kind of like celebrate those things that you already have that are worth hanging on to and replicating. Um, for me, one of the ones that, um, God, well, so the one that's my favorite, I think, because I work with teenagers most of my most of my work in life, um, and, and I think it's the one that I knew, but then the impact of it's much more significant than I thought sometimes. And that's the, the words unlocking keychain leadership. And what unlocking keychain leadership really means is, is giving a young person a space to lead, to use the gift that they are in, and, and, and to do actual like what we call ministry, loving and caring for people and leading like Jesus loves and cares for people. And I want to tell real quick, um, we have a young person uh, who's going to be in sixth grade now. Um, and, and this person's name is Abby. And Abby um, is like always a smile. She's always a smile at the right time, the right people. Well, just, I don't know if it's like intentional or is this an accident about maybe two months ago, she showed up and was an usher. And there are two doors in our sanctuary. And, and what usher does is it welcomes welcome people to worship and make sure they have the information needed. And in our case, they get a bulletin or whatever else, right? Well, there are two doors. Once Abby started ushering, within about a minute, everybody was going through Abby's door. So the other ushers were like looking around going, what's going on? Why? Because Abby would greet everyone with this giant smile. Welcome to worship. I'm so glad you're here. Hand well both and just keep smiling. And like that vibrant radiance of herself that she just couldn't help it but do was like the reason. And which is, I still think it's kind of funny that no one is going to the other door, but that's the example of unlocking keychain leadership. So at the end of her, she said, when do I get to do this next? And I said, anytime. And her grandma actually is one who kind of who brings to worship. And I said, just make sure she has a regular schedule because she made coming into worship special. And that's something that, I, you know, I can't like quantify that, right? It's not, I can't numerical value it, but that absolutely is part of the power of, of, of what we talk about when we talk about growing young, the power of being God's people, um, which might seem obvious, but it wasn't until I paid attention to the impact of the moment in the space that she led and, and watching her face. And then when she said, when can I do this again? Right, that's, that's what unlocking EJ and leadership looks like. Yeah, and that story is such a beautiful example of not only just keychain leadership, right? Providing an opportunity for a young person to use their gifts, gifts gift of hospitality, uh, gift of a smile. Uh, those, those great things also correlates with one of our other core commitments, which is warm community, right? People deal with a lot of stuff outside the church. And the last thing they want to deal with is is stuff inside the church, right? They want to be able to come to come to church, come to worship, and be surrounded by people that they love, uh, be surrounded by people that are 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 striving as we are uh, to to love God and to serve God. Mm-hmm. Uh, and to be greeted by a a young lady who uh, is welcoming you to worship in that kind of setting. Um, the warmth that it, that brings to to the space and to the people is is another thing that is really really important and one of the key things that we found in our uh, in our research. So in the research, 
Um, we found what we what we were looking for are just the characteristics of what um, what allowed churches to quote, quote unquote grow young, right? To have young people, and in our research, it was ages fifteen to twenty nine. Um, I would definitely uh, make that you know. Uh, I think our research would uh, still hold true if we included uh, those who were a little bit younger and those yeah. who were a little bit older. Uh, so, uh, but, but what we did was we looked for things that, that these churches had in common. And so these six core commitments that we talk about unlocking keychain leadership, um, uh, empathizing with today's young people, uh, taking Jesus message seriously, uh, warm community, uh, prioritizing young people and their families everywhere, uh, and then being best neighbors. Those are the six characteristics that we found in in these churches that were engaging and retaining young people, uh, youth and young adults within the congregation uh, so that the church can continue to grow younger, not for the sake of just growing younger, but for the sake of being the church, right? Uh -huh. For the sake of uh, being um, the church that that everyone can come and thrive in. Uh, one of the things that we always encounter or have questions around is is um, uh, some some of the uh, adults in the church who would say, why are we putting so much time and energy and focus on young people? Um, and, 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 and the intention behind that is, hey, don't forget about us, right? If you're if you're old, especially if you're if you're in the um, more experienced category, <laughs> shall we say? Um, they they would um, they we have churches where they they get pushback from some of their seniors because um, because they don't want to be forgotten, uh, and and we uh, in our minds think, hey, if we put more attention in one area, then somebody's getting less uh, somewhere, right? Because um, that's a zero sum kind of economics that we live in in the world right there's mm -hmm. only a certain amount to go around and so if one person gets more then the other person gets a little less right but what we know about kingdom economics is it just works differently i can't explain it if math doesn't work uh and it's not supposed to work because god is doing it uh and and what we find is that um that if we give young people a bigger slice of the pie uh that doesn't mean that the older members of the church are getting a smaller piece. It just means that mm -hmm. everyone is having to, or is, is getting an opportunity to experience a bigger pie. That's all that mm -hmm. means is that the pie just grows larger and everyone benefits. Uh, that's why when we define a growing young church, what we said at the end is that it brings vitality to the whole church. Mm -hmm. And that's such an important word when it comes to growing young. That is huge. You know, and for me, I think about, uh, you know, simply uh, Jesus and the Gospel of Matthew. Um, sometimes the disciples might not quite understand Jesus' mission, and they might sometimes also get in the way. And in this story, it appears they get in the way a little bit because kids are coming, children are coming to be near Jesus. And they want to send the kids away because I think evidently in the story, they might be getting away. But Jesus says something different. He says, you know, let these children come to me because that's where the kingdom of God happens. It belongs to them. It comes through them. And so we need to experience God's kingdom. We actually have to 
see kids front and center and whatever that looks like. Um, sometimes it's, for example, like we do in baptisms, we have kids rush up and go front and center around the baptismal font. Watching the adults in the room, when that baptism happens, who watch the kids watch the baptisms, there is, it's priceless. The laughter, the giggles, the oh, yeah. wonder that they share with the kids who maybe some of those 80 year olds haven't experienced that kind of wonder and delight in a few minutes and they get to do it again. So growing young isn't right just for old or for young, it's for the community. And it brings vitality and vibrancy to all of it. Um, and it, 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 it just surprises us. Um, you know, for me, one of the things, I, mean, I love fun. I thought through the research that like one of the sicknesses and strategies was keep everything fun, everything fun. Cause I'm good at fun. I like play, I like fun, I like engagement. I like that kind of being fun, but the truth is one of them is taking Jesus' message seriously, which means embracing doubt, embracing mm -hmm. sacrifice and pain and suffering and compassion. And so that's actually what young people are looking for. They're looking for the whole life of Jesus to be known through their own flesh and blood and time and energy. And it's not that fun isn't bad, but it's the whole spectrum of Jesus' ministry, of Jesus' work that they want to know and they want to experience. Not like it's an idea on a page, but as something that they may know in their bones. Um, that was what to me was, was a bit surprising. I think perhaps at yeah, my reading, I'm like, well, you know, some people say, well, kids are just looking for fun. Like what do parents ask kids when they don't say, would you have fun or not? Maybe not the worst question, but the truth is there's a bigger thing going on that we're, we're going to be part of. Um, and so that's like, you know, at our Growing Young Summit, um, especially on the Saturday event, um, which is from 830 to noon for like, you know, if you're a Sunday school teacher or if you're a, you know, a, a middle school shepherd or a, a confirmation guide, or if you are a, uh, work with sports teams, um, or maybe you're a part of a ministry council or a group that guides your church who wants to understand the fullness of these strategies and learn how to put them into action. You know, we're gonna ask like, what are we doing well? And what's the step of the, of the six essential strategies that we can do in our own congregations? We're gonna do that here from Saturday, 8.30 to noon, you know, led by you. <laughs> and you're gonna kind of guide and facilitate us. Um, but the truth is everybody that comes will kind of be able to ask their own questions um, to think about ways they put this in action. Because for me, that's been the best thing. Like every week at our Faith Mission staff meeting, we ask for each one of them. We talk about, I tell a story about each of the essential strategies. I say, okay, what are we doing well? We get all excited about it. And I say, okay, now though, what's one deeper step we take? So like today was a warm community. Like how do we make this feel like home, feel like authentic, feel like relationship? When you show up, you can show up as you truly are in whatever space. And you may not get to do that anywhere else, but when you're here in all of our spaces and all of our ministries and people, you get to do that. And so that's asking a hard question because you kind of got to really take a, a deep look at your community and include the voices of your young people and make it happen always. So like for all of us, we have to unlock teaching leadership in all we're doing. Who's a young person who can help engage us in a way that we'll never understand? And by doing it, they will experience life and leadership and good things. Um, so that's our, you know, our Saturday uh, morning time, but we have something different a little bit on Sunday from noon to two. What's that about? Yeah, Brian, um, what we know from um, enduring this uh, global pandemic over the last two and a half years is that it's impacted every generation, right? Um, it's, yeah. it's impacted every one of us, but um what we are what we are seeing is that it is impacting our young people in enormous ways yeah. and um in ways that is really alarming to to all of us right i mean we see it in in our young people individually but we're also seeing it collectively 
uh, as a generation. So um, during this pandemic, what we've seen is that uh, that um, diagnosed anxiety has tripled um, to almost 25% of young people. Oh. And and diagnosed depression has quadrupled, quadrupled mm-hmm. um, again, almost to 25%, which means that one out of every four young people that we know mm-hmm. uh, are dealing with either anxiety or depression or both. Mm-hmm. And so it's a major issue. And many of our young people are not equipped to really deal with that, right? They don't have... They don't have the, right now, they don't have the relational support to really help them through uh, those struggles. Uh, and, and, and caring Christian adults, there's not enough caring Christian adults that are uh, trained and saying, in recognizing some of the warning signs and saying, hey, um, I love you, uh, but, but, but I see you struggling with some things, and and I think you know we need to we need to really address some of this. So, uh, so what we're doing that afternoon is we're going to be talking about some of the challenges that our young people are facing, uh, but we're also wanting to equip our young people and equip our parents uh, in having some important conversations uh, when um, when they go home. Uh, important conversations that. Uh, hopefully we'll make it discussable because sometimes in, 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 in families that mental health may not be something that is discussable, right? Um, that we're just supposed to, you know, um, uh, just tighten our bootstraps and, and just keep going. And, uh, and that just isn't working for this generation. So uh, mm-hmm. we're, we're going to be talking about seven essential conversations to have, to have with, uh, within our families. Uh, and then, and then, how we can really uh, live that out as we're having those conversations and, and giving some real uh, handholds along the way. So I'm really hoping that 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 young people and their parents, uh, families will come together uh, so that we can help facilitate some of this conversation and make things discussable. Because that's, you know, that's the first step that we've just got to be able to talk about it. Yeah, I really love this part of our weekend as well, because, you know, one of my favorite is uh, Jesus says in John 10, I think, I have come that you might have life and life to the full. And I think it's good that we pay attention to the negative story and to the pain and the suffering. But the truth is, I think Jesus has a better way and a better answer maybe to some of the questions we have in this. And by engaging these seven conversations specifically, it's a step in that direction. It's a fuller, more abundant life than only being wrapped up in, hey, we're all broken and not okay, which is both true. And there's a way through this, a yeah. way of healing, a way of life. It takes community. It takes each other. And we can do this. Um, and that's what I love about the entire weekend. There's a lot of things that we can just do, that life-giving and vibrancy and being church together. And we, we have a story to be told, a life to live, and we can p- communities that want to embrace it. So um, dear watchers, dear listeners, um, you know, come, Andy's going to come hang out with us, lead, facilitate. Um, it's going to be a great time. You'll leave with tools and, and, and tips. Um, and I hope you can come uh, October 1st to the Saturday um, church leader training here at Bethany at 830. And on Sunday uh, at noon, we're going to have a, a, a different style of things you said, kind of calling it We Can Talk, because we can talk about these things. Teens, bring your parents, parents, bring your teens. And we'll have a great growing young weekend together. Brian, I'm really looking forward to it, and I hope that people will uh, make the make the time 
um, and make the commitment because um, it's important. It's important um, for the for the young people of today. Uh, and it's also important for the young people of tomorrow. So uh, I'm really uh, excited about uh, the opportunity to be with you guys and to have these conversations and uh, uh, enjoy your hospitality. Awesome. Thanks, Andy. And dear listeners, hope to see you soon and stay in peace.